0: you done now? Oh, Brian, what have you done
1: now, now, now? Doc!
0: Doc! Okay, relax, Doc. It's me. It's me. It's Martin. Oh, it can't be. just sent you back to the future. Yeah. Oh, I know you did send me back to the future, but I'm back. I'm back from the future. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Bye. Uh. I mean, you built a time machine out of a DeLorean. The way I see it, if you're gonna build a time machine in a car, why not do it with some style?
2: Well, this is heavy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Future the podcast, the only podcast looking back in time at the greatest film trilogy of all time, Back to the Future. I'm your friend in time, Brad Gilmore, and here we are, season seven. Can you believe it? I cannot. I never planned for this show to go seven seasons, and it's really a testament to you all, the listeners, for sticking around, for supporting the podcast. And it's only gotten bigger as the years have gone on. I've been so impressed by the amount of love that I've gotten from all of you over the last five years of doing this show. I've talked to people from all 50 states, from multiple countries, on multiple continents. Everyone is listening to the show, so I'll be honest, man. I really, really continue to do it for the love of the franchise and for the love of the people, the pinheads out there uh, listening right now. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Brad Gilmore. I'm the host of Back to the Future, the podcast. You might know me from Booker T's Reality of Wrestling, ESPN Radio, or my work with the movie trivia Schmodown. I also host my own podcast called The Brad Gilmore Show where we talk to celebrities all the time. I've played a few of those interviews on here. That's how we got Crispin Glover, Leah Thompson. They've all been on the show. It's crazy. Leah Thompson did this for me. Oh,
3: my God. You're my dreamboat, for
2: sure. It doesn't get much better than that, people. And I am also the author of the number one bestseller on Amazon, Back from the Future, a celebration of the greatest time travel story ever told that came out in April of 2020. And um, really cool, man. Really cool if you're joining us. Really cool reaction for the book. Um, it was the first book that I ever wrote, and I wasn't sure what I was doing. But I found my way through it, and the support and love I've gotten from y'all has been awesome. At the time that we're doing this, the book came out in the pandemic, right? And I hadn't gotten to go to a bookstore to see it. And if you go to my Instagram page at Brad Gilmore on Instagram or on Twitter, you'll see a friend of mine, Mike Kalinowski, sent me a shot in Burbank, California. Is where he was. He sent me a shot of uh, himself in Barnes & Noble, and there it was on the shelf, Back from the Future. Pretty cool, man. It was the first time I actually saw it on a shelf in a bookstore, which made it even more real. (laughs) So, again, shout-out to everybody who purchased the book. I am your humble and gracious servant, and I really do appreciate it. Here we are, guys, Season 7. And on Season 7 of Back to the Future, the podcast, we're going to be doing a lot of cool things, some things differently than others. Uh, I have been able to meet several really cool people who have some sort of notoriety in their given fields, whether that be radio, television, acting, film, authors of their own. And I've been able to reach out to them and talk to them about Back to the Future. So you're going to hear me talk to several celebrity guests throughout this season. And we talk about our love and passion that we share for the greatest films series ever created. And also, I'm going to be doing a deep dive on things that you know, perhaps that we haven't discussed before, we haven't talked about. Uh, that includes some of the filming locations from Back to the Future. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything too much, but I definitely have a really cool lineup of guests this time around, and we're going to also be doing some more of those watch-alongs. Y'all, y'all gave me a lot of love for that Back to the Future watch-along that I did by myself. Uh, I don't want to do another one by myself. I'm going to be inviting some people from the world of. Back to the Future to talk about it. And we're going to do a lot of fun stuff, man. I'm really excited for this season of the podcast. But right now, I mean, it is October 21st, 2020. We are living in the five-year anniversary since Future Day. And it's a day that I will never forget. It's a day that I wrote an entire chapter in my book about. And um, Future Day, to me, was that realization of how really big Back to the Future is and continues to be. But on that day, every channel, every post on social, everything was regarding Back to the Future, and I expect the same to be today. That's why I'm dropping the podcast on today, to continue the celebration of, man. And um, I just got in that Back to the Future 35th Anniversary 4K box set. Every five years, I I do it again. I just buy (laughs) a new copy of Back to the Future. And I didn't think that it'd get cooler than the flux capacitor, but I am so excited to sit down and really watch the 4K version of these movies. Because if you go back and watch the VHS copies, it's really odd how much you miss, especially when you look for the things in the background. It's so fuzzy and blurry, and the definition wasn't as it is today. And so you don't see things that you see now. Like, I remember uh, looking at Back to the Future 2, even on Blu-ray, and I was able to finally see, like, Roger Rabbit in, in Blast from the Past store and Back to the Future Part 2, or you saw a Dragnet poster. These are things that I never noticed before that I'm now able to see because of the higher definition of these films. I'm so happy Back to the Future got that 4K treatment. Now, I was expecting, if you remember five years ago, I think I probably talked about it on the podcast... I was expecting to see more of the Eric Stoltz footage, but recently I had a listener of the show reach out to me, and he is a member of the DeLorean fan club, or DeLorean car club, and I want to make sure that I give him his proper credit. Jeremy Jeremy sent me an, a message, and he said that he was a part of this Q&A with Bob Gale, of course, the co-creator of Back to the Future, and he said something interesting about that Eric Stoltz footage. He said that Bob Gale said... They won't ever release the Eric Stoltz footage out of respect to Eric, and they said that it was not good, and they don't want to damage his career at all. Oh, because of the the footage, I'm assuming was not good, and um, they uh, you know, they they didn't want to release it out of respect to Eric Stoltz. I I still feel because Bob Gale said on the I think it was on the Back in Time documentary that eventually it would be released. So I'm. Um, I still think that maybe we'll see some of some more clips. I don't know what to expect in that behind the scenes footage, but uh, I think that we'll see more clips of that. I just hope that um we'll just yeah, get just a little bit more just a little bit more and a little bit more so that we can really um, really enjoy what could have been in regards to back to the future. So I, I think that that video might be up on YouTube. I'm going to look for it here as we're talking because I'd love to actually find the um, – here we go. Let's see. I'd like to actually find that whole thing, but I, I don't see it on here. So I'm going to ask Jeremy for a link, and maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode because I would really love to discuss that more. But um, one of the things I'm going to play for you today – is, as I said, I I have multiple endeavors, right? I'm doing a lot of different things. And my show, the Brad Gilmore Show, the podcast, and my ESPN radio show with Booker T has allowed me to talk to a lot of cool people. Those people have been names that you may have heard of, some that you haven't. But what was interesting, in every one of these interviews that I did, either I brought it up, (laughs) or it was brought up based off just love for the films, or because I have this Back to the Future poster behind me, and we do all these things via Zoom in the pandemic, so people were seeing the fo- the poster. And it would inspire a lot of talk. And I want to play just a few clips from my radio show with some people that, like I said, you may have heard of and that you may have not have heard of. But we were all inspired to talk about Back to the Future. Now, also, if you notice on the title for this episode, you see it says, Featuring Christopher Lloyd. And it's true. I got to talk to the doc for a brief period of time a couple months back, and I did record our conversation, and I'm going to play a piece of it, just a piece of it, and you know, I might sprinkle some stuff throughout the rest of season seven, but I'm definitely going to play a piece of my conversation with Christopher Lloyd where I ask him about Doc Brown, and it's just a quick clip, about a minute and a half, two minutes maybe, but uh, I'm going to play that for you also on the podcast, but this is what I wanted to play first. One of my favorite shows of all time is Psych. It came on the USA Network, starring Dulé Hill and James Roday Rodriguez. And I've always loved the show because it was very referential of 80s pop culture, uh, pro wrestling, 90s pop culture even. And it's a show about two guys, Sean and Gus, who live in Santa Barbara, California, and Sean plays a, a fake psychic detective. And in the middle of this, i asked ask them about... Back to the Future being intertwined with the show Psych because for their 100th episode, they did a show with Christopher Lloyd, but it was about Clue, the movie Clue, which Christopher Lloyd was also in in 1985, where he played both a professor and a doctor in that year. And I asked them, why didn't they ever tackle time travel and if there was an idea for it? So here is James Rodet and Dulé Hill. Also, you might know Dulé Hill from The West Wing, from Suits, Holes. Uh, ballers. He's been in everything. He's one of he's one of the great actors, really, uh, television actors of our time. And uh, they they answer the question about Psych, Back to the Future, and time travel. I just want to play this for you right now. But no, but but one thing I've always loved about Psych is uh, yeah. I was just t- telling you all before we started. I just wrote my first book about Back to the Future. I'm a big '80s movie fan in general. Always a lot of references to the 80s uh, throughout the years of the show. Uh, you even did the, I think, y'all's 100th episode was The Clue, the movie. Uh, you actually had Doc Brown himself, Christopher Lloyd, in that episode, which was really fun. Was there ever anything, uh, James, that y'all didn't get the cover? Because I know that time travel seems like it would have been up y'all's alley at some point. I, I, I'm sure, like, with Psych, you could have figured that one out. But was there ever any, like, 80s movie you wanted to do a take on for the show?
1: If Steve was here, he would tell you that time travel was the one that got away from us because we had a setup and it was on the whiteboard for years. Like we had Gus waking up in like the 1700s in the proper clothing and we got all the way through the cold open and then we, we, we could never figure out like who was doing this to him and why and why would Sean be in on it? But we tried, <laughs> we really did try, and we had a bunch of versions of that teaser. Um, he would also tell you that the, the space camp got away from us because we we had that yeah. on the board uh, for years too. Sean and Gus and Zero Gravity felt like it probably should have happened, um, but for me, it's less a it's less a story and, and more of a human being. And uh, I think Dulane knows where I'm going with this. But uh, we came one Emilio short. One Emilio So sure. Having uh, the entire uh, cast of The Breakfast Club uh, on the series. And it remains a hole that has not been filled. Emilio. There's always,
2: there's psych Emilio. 3. Come oh. on, Emilio.
1: Come on, Emilio. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you <laughs> fighting it so hard. It's, it would take so much less energy to just give into it. You know? just, say yeah. Yes. Yeah. just say yes.
2: Yes. Yes, Emilio. It's well, easy. It's easy. And, and, you know, there's always a third psych movie, right? Like, we're going to be doing that, right? We're all, we're all in, on board for Psych 3. I, I, I would
1: suspect so if uh, if enough people find Bacock uh, and watch this
2: one. So I hope that you were going to support Psych the Movie 2. And that was just fun to talk to those two guys about Back to the Future. Of course, I had to bring up my book, a little plug. Never hurt anybody. But it was really cool to talk to them. Now, as I continued down this journey of talking to different people, I also spoke to Michael Smith and Michael Holly, who host a show on the same network, Peacock, called Brother from Another. It's a sports show. But before we rolled tape on our interview, or before the interview officially started, we had a general conversation about Back to the Future because it was Michael, I believe it was Michael Smith's favorite film, one of his favorite films of all time. So we were talking about it, and I just thought, hey, this is a good place on the podcast to throw this little clip. Here's Michael Smith and Michael Holly and I talking Back to the Future, never before heard. All right, thank you. What's going on, guys?
3: My second greatest trilogy of all time, Back to the Future.
2: Well, it's uh, the greatest trilogy of all time, but I appreciate I appreciate you recognizing. You know what I mean? I appreciate it. Well,
3: Christopher Nolan's Batman is the best trilogy of all time.
2: Oh, well, see, the third film for me fell off. You know what yeah. I mean?
3: I, I, didn't, I didn't like back to the future. I'm not one of them, but a lot of people say that about Back to the
2: Future. That's true. That's true. But I it's will hard say, up, it's,
3: hard, it's hard to pull off a good trilogy, man. You know,
2: usually you get two out of three and you and you, uh, you take that loss somewhere. Yeah, typically. But I will say I'm a little biased. So I actually wrote a book about Back to the Future. So yeah. I, I yeah, yeah. So I'm a little biased. You know I'm what I mean?
3: To Amazon now and, and, and what, I'll and send you one. Man,
2: I'll send you one. No, I, no I'll, I'll send you one.
3: Back to the future. Bro, I broke my front two teeth. As a kid, riding a skateboard like Marty McFly, because I because but I so I I hit a crack and went flying and, and messed up my front two teeth. But like man, I had a, I had the same skateboard like the shark at the bottom of it. I used to wear a, a life jacket. Thor thinks he's gonna drown. I was like, you know, I, I, that was me. I grew up with Marty, man.
2: Awesome. Look, Mike Michael, tell me this though: isn't Biff one of the greatest movie villains of all time?
3: Well, I, dude, I, I I still believe that it actually should be make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> Like, I think that's what we should be saying, like, personally. Like, Biff Tannen, man, like, that just, in a way, like, the ge- the generational aspect, old Biff, western Biff, mad dog Biff, like, <laughs> I I go on and on about it. They, they recently brought the cast back together, this guy that does, like, an online show. I'm oh, sorry, I can't Yeah, Josh
2: Gad. That. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Reunited Apart. Mm-hmm.
3: I thought that was fantastic just to see them all together and reminiscing. Like, I, if, that was my childhood. Michael J. Fox was my idol growing up, but that was my childhood.
2: I think he was everyone's idol. I was at the, uh, I was at the Deontay Wilder Fury fight earlier this year in mm-hmm. Vegas, and Michael J. Fox walked in the building, right? And he walks by Tyson. Holy! F- I mean, everybody, all the stars, everybody's eyes was on Michael J. Fox. Man's Slept a legend.
3: Left on Michael J. Fox movie, Secret of My Success.
2: That's, That's my a good favorite. one. You Slept know me. what? Even though it's not great, I like Doc Hollywood.
3: Doc Hollywood's was good.
2: I, yeah, I, I mean, I like, I like it. I you know good. what I mean? There's okay. one where he plays a like a hotel manager that I like too. I can't remember that one. You know what I'm talking about?
3: I do. And I think I just saw a clip for it recently for some reason. I don't know why I actually am familiar with what you're talking about, but I don't remember the name. Michael, sorry about this, man. This is No, I <laughs> so, no This is, uh, I was going to say, before you even get to it, this is the show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, right?
3: <laughs> Seriously, I, I, I'm not even joking. This, this
2: is it right here. Really fun to talk to those guys. You saw Michael Smith and Michael Holly all in on Back to the Future talking about Biff Tannen. And, you know, I don't want to take credit for it because I can't. But I did dedicate an entire book or entire chapter in my book, entire book to Back to the Future, but entire chapter in my book to not only the deleted scene from Back to the Future 2 with Old Man Biff, but really Thomas F. Wilson, now known as Tom Wilson's performance in the films and why I thought that he just didn't get really enough credit. And I'll tell you what, it was interesting to hear them talk about him. And also I talked to Tanner Beard. Now, Tanner Beard won a show called uh, Holy Moly, but he's also an actor, and also runs a film festival uh, called Mammoth Film Festival. And when we were talking about it, for the 30th anniversary, which was this year, Back to the Future 3, they screened that at the film festival, uh, t- at Tanner's film festival, the Mammoth Film Festival. And I'm assuming this is right before the entire planet shut down. And... Um, they, uh, they had, like, the Back to the Future car out there, obviously the DeLorean, and we got into the conversation, too, about Tom Wilson. So here's a clip from my interview with Tanner Beard, the winner of Holy Moly, the founder of Mammoth Film Festival, actor who's been in stuff with Robert Rodriguez and all kinds of great stuff. So here is that conversation with Tanner Beard.
4: Frustrating, but I got a comment on your poster back there. Yes. At the film festival 2020 this year, we did the 30th year anniversary of Back to the Future 3. Three,
2: yeah.
4: Uh, 30th year anniversary, and we had the car out there, and it was a blast. We had like a, a night screening outside in like this big patio area, like right in the middle of town. Uh, people came out. It's back when people could stand next to each other. It was lo- lovely times. Um, but it was really great. But I saw that and had been. To
2: yeah. It. So this is actually a poster for a book that I wrote called "Back from the Future," and it's about the it's about the it's about the making of the films uh, of Back to the Future One, Two, and Three. I'm a huge fan, and um, and I can only imagine how great that because you know here's the thing. Maybe you can maybe you can back me up on this. Being from Texas, a lot of people did not like Back to the Future Three when it first came out. It took yeah, some I time.
3: Well, I true. loved yeah. it. As a kid, I was
4: kind of like, "Well, it wasn't the first one." Now I love it. Right, right. I think it was the Doc Brown love story. I think it just maybe people kind of felt. But dude, how good is uh, uh, F. Thomas Wilson in the third one? That's when he was like, "Damn, the dude's a damn good actor." You know what I mean? He's playing so many characters of a character, and I'm just like, "This is incredible performance." You know what I mean? But I, after going back and watching it as an adult, <laughs> I like loved it more than as because as a kid, I'm like, I, I used to love. Indiana Jones, uh, two, you know, uh, and the Temple of Doom as a kid, that was my favorite one. Now it's my least favorite one. I'm like, now the third one is a masterpiece. You know, oh. know what I
2: mean? Last Crusade's the best of the four, for yes. sure. It's,
4: a, it's, you're talking about an amazing trilogy, but this is just a, a great movie. I'm like, Indiana Jones, like, shh, blowing dudes away. And I'm like, this is, it's like dark, but also still PG 13 ish. It's an incredible film. Incredible film. Yeah, absolutely. About, we're talking about movies from like 35 years ago. <laughs>
2: Hey man, like I said, I wrote a whole book about it, so I can talk movies. Oh, well, I can, well,
4: it's my business, man. So yeah,
2: again, just another person who brings up Back to the Future in the middle of an interview <laughs> or before an interview. Uh, Tanner really loved it. I had to send Tanner a copy of my book because we we ended up talking more about Back to the Future when we when we wrapped on that interview. And it's just a testament to how how many people truly love that movie. And it's come up, like I said, so many times. And the one that surprised me the most, I'm a big fan of SNL lore. I'm a big fan of all the guys who've come from that show. And, of course, everyone knows John Belushi. That's, that's really where he catapulted to fame from Saturday Night Live. And then you go to his brother Jim. His brother, Jim Belushi, also equally successful, had a lot of great movies in the 80s and 90s, including the K-9 films. He worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger and many other people. He had his show, According to Jim, and then he had a new show that came out this year called Growing Belushi. He's actually living in Oregon as a marijuana farmer, a cannabis cultivator, if you will. So he came on the podcast, and we were talking about um, Growing Belushi, and I told him about, you know, writing a book, and I was relating it to something that he was discussing. And he started going into this poem about writing a book. They resonated with me so much. And we talked a little bit about Back to the Future. So I thought, man, this would be a great place to share it because actually this didn't make air either. It, it made it on the podcast for you. It didn't make air. So here's my conversation with Jim Belushi where he's talking about not only my book but the – the um the great strain and dedication it takes to be a writer of a book of any kind. You know what? I think that's a great I think that's a great lesson. I think that's a great also place to leave this. Jim Belushi, the show is called Growing Belushi, Wednesdays on Discovery, 10 PM. Set your DVRs, however you got to see the show. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere as well. Make sure that people go out and see it. Jim, I really appreciate this conversation.
0: Uh, what a what a joy you are to talk to, man. To talk
2: with, man. Uh, you know, good luck with the book, man. I appreciate. I'd love to find a way to get you one. I would love to get you. I don't. Back to the Future was a huge movie in the eighties. I'd love to get you a copy of the of the book. Of the book, yes. You finished it. It's done. It's done. I have it around here somewhere. I have it finished. It came out. It went to number one on Amazon. I was really happy with it. So, oh, thank yeah, you. man. I'm congratulations. You. I'd love to send you one though.
0: I wrote a book. It was almost as hard as Saturday Night Live.
2: (laughs) It you know what though the thing that got me about it is everything I've done is is talking to another person or it's a collaborative effort. I'm working with somebody on a show, I'm working on this, I'm working on that. And then a book is an independent venture where you're sitting there in front of a keyboard trying to produce entertainment for people without being audible and without working. It's such a it was so hard.
0: It was the hardest thing, man. There's a poem. Dylan Thomas wrote about him as a writer. It's called In My Craft or Sullen Art. Exercised in the still night when only the moon rages and the lovers lie abed with all their griefs in their arms. I labor by the singing light, not for the strut and the charms and the ivory stages, but for the lovers who pay no heed or wages for my craft or sawn art. I mean, the loneliness of a writer is so difficult, man. So you have all my empathy. I know what you went through.
2: (laughs) I got to say, he was one of my, maybe if not my favorite interview that I've ever done. Jim Belushi was everything that you wanted him to be and more. And I absolutely loved talking about um, his show, but also hearing that poem about being a writer and how difficult it was. Because I, I'll be honest with you, Back from the Future isn't the longest book ever written by any stretch of the imagination, but it was the most difficult thing that I had ever done. And I think that I made reference to this se- several times, and I may have referenced it on this podcast too, but I, I just remember after they announced Daniel Craig was going to do Spectre, the movie. I think they announced it in January of 2015, and the movie came out in November of that same year. So it was like this 10-month haul to get this movie shot and turned in and edited and done. And he was doing press for the movie, and they said, you know, um, do you, do you want to play Bond again? And he said – there was like a water glass in front of him. He said, I'd rather smash that glass <laughs> and slit my wrist than to ever do another James Bond movie. And then he did another James Bond movie. And that's how I felt doing this book, man. I swear. I swear it's how I felt. I I finished writing the book and I said, I never want to do this again. And maybe I'm going to do it again. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag here. But there are things in the works. So um, I just really appreciate that from Jim Belushi. But uh, there's a couple other things that I want to get to. And then I'm going to play something very special for you. But um, I work in the world of pro wrestling. And it was just cool to see this book uh, touch the world of pro wrestling. Um, A friend of mine who used to work with us down at Reality Wrestling, he now is the executive in charge of WWE Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. The right-hand man to Vince McMahon himself, Bruce Prichard, has a podcast called Something to Wrestle with Bruce Prichard, along with Conrad Thompson. I was listening the other day, To the podcast, which I do every week. A big fan of Bruce. Obviously, I love the show. He and Conrad have a great show. And uh, I was listening. And then this topic came up on the show. And I thought I should capture it and play it for the people right
5: now. Do I look like I'm wearing mascara? No. Okay. Well, okay. Cool. I mean, do you walk around your house at 9 in the morning with mascara on as, as a rule with dark brown hair? You never know. I don't know what y'all are doing up there. Listen, see, are you saying? See, I think that some of our people that don't speak Southern. See, I know what you're saying. You're, you're, you've changed. You're basically saying Doc Brown, but to some people, they're hearing Dark Brown. Dark Brown. Yeah. No, it's Doc Brown. Everybody gets That's the what reference. One point twenty-one gigawatts. Everybody knows what that is, but you. Nobody knows what one point twenty-one gigawatts is. They, they know what. Back to the future, Marty. He never said that he did in my goddamn movie <laughs> Brad Gilmore has a whole goddamn book about uh backer to the future. Wait, Brad Gilmore wrote a book about that, yeah, I didn't know that. you yep, see, and you're talking about two oh wait, 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 this is a different Brad Gilmore, yeah. Yeah, I thought this was Booker's Brad. It is Booker's Brad. That's Booker's Brad? That's Booker's Brad. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know under that big Buffon hair, he had a Back uh, to the he Future brand. he's got some motherfucking hair. Dude, he's got some TV hair. Dude, he, I swear to God, he must spend like eight hours on this How shit. does Brad Gilmore not work for WWE? Because he works down there. It feels like he's been on like a 32-year tryout. Y'all should bring him up. Call him up
2: i'll call him right now if you want me to he's a good dude i feel like the way that we end this is by playing this short clip now i had the conversation like i said to to chat or the the opportunity to have a conversation a short chat with christopher lloyd and i jumped all over it. and um i don't know if i was supposed to record it but i did (laughs) I did anyway. I, I recorded on my with my own equipment. It was recorded, but I recorded it with my own equipment because I wanted to save it. And um, like I got to say, his internet connection wasn't the greatest of all time. But he's in the greatest movie of all time, so that's fine. But I always wanted to know because when you think about Christopher Lloyd, he's played so many roles that are really iconic. Not not only Jim Ignatowski from Taxi or Professor Plum, which is iconic to me. I love that movie. I love 1985's Clue the movie. I, I still I watch it all the time. And um, he's played Uncle Fester. He's played the Pagemaster. I mean, he's been in so many things. But as soon as you say his name, you think of one movie and one movie only. Back to the Future. And you think of Doc Brown. So I wanted, when I was talking to Christopher Lloyd, I got two really cool things. One, I got the drop of the century from him. I play this now on the radio all the time. Let me make sure I have the right one queued up. I play this all the time on the radio now, and I'm going to edit it to make it a little cooler, but this is, this is a real drop I got from Christopher Lloyd. Can I get a great Scott? Great Scott! <laughs> oh <my. laughs> so fantastic. Now, how cool is that? How cool is that? I, I asked, can I get a great Scott, and I got a great Scott from him. I mean, that's up there with this.
3: Oh my God, you're my dreamboat, for sure.
2: Leah Thompson. But um, I wanted to ask him why. Why after 35 years, which is longer than I've been alive, but why for 35 years has this character known as Dr. Emmett L. Brown resonated with so many people? And why out of all the characters that he has played over the years, this is the one that continues to be brought up and that he continues to reprise in a myriad of different ways, including this four part Discovery Channel documentary, which I'm trying to get more information on. I'm going to try to have someone on the podcast to discuss it. But there's a four-part documentary series coming out about Back to the Future. And I saw Christopher Lloyd reprising the role yet again to to shoot some scenes for this documentary. So I wanted to know. I always wanted to ask him, why? Why out of every character he's ever played is Doc Brown the one – that resonates with the most people. It's not only because the movie is the most popular. It's something about that portrayal. It's something about that character that makes us latch onto him. When I was a child, Christopher Lloyd was my favorite actor. He still is my favorite actor. But he was my favorite actor for this portrayal of Doc Brown. And sure, I love the movie Back to the Future, but I especially loved Christopher Lloyd in this movie. So, I had the opportunity to ask him. Now, remember, internet connection, not the greatest. He phased out a little bit. I tried to clean it up as much as I could. But this is Christopher Lloyd making his debut on Back to the Future of the Podcast. And we're in conversations to have a longer conversation. I'm reaching out to people that I was supposed to be reaching out to him. Hopefully, I can arrange it. But here it is something I never thought would happen. Myself talking to Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown, on Back to the Future of the Podcast. What do you think, though? I always wanted to ask. I mean, you've played Jim Ignatowski, Professor Plum, the Page Master, Uncle Fester, but why do you think Doc Brown connected with so many people for so long? Um. Well, I,
0: uh, the advantage
2: of a, of a
0: you know every, everybody's face um, about time, time. Think, Gee, I chance. I so, so this movie kind of ends that wish. A Doc Brown, it, it makes it all possible. You know, and he's like a you know, child. You know, a child that's You know, he's got that element of it. And that's, uh, that, you know, so
2: he is a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. God, it's just, it's just awesome that we had this interaction and I was able to talk to you. It's yeah. truly an honor. And I would love to get you one of these of books.
0: We'll work that out.
2: Just awesome just awesome man (laughs) to talk to the man himself Christopher Lloyd and here we are 35 years since that movie and here we are on future day 2020 now I know that 2020 hasn't turned out the way that many of us thought that it might I was excited I remember December 2019 being really excited that 2020 was here and all the things that it could hold But it didn't turn out the way that we did, the way we wanted it to. It turned out the way that it did, but not the way that we wanted it to. And I listened to Christopher Lloyd there talk about how Doc Brown was the facilitator of this ability to travel through time. And he had this innocence of a child. You heard him say he is a kid. And the one thing that we learned from Doc Brown more than anything is – The future hasn't been written yet. Your future, my future, no one's future has been written yet. It really is whatever you make it. And I know, again, this hasn't been the year that we wanted it to be. But we're rounding third here, guys. We're almost to 2021. And on this future day, October 21st, 2020, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about all the things that are going to happen in the world of Back to the Future over the next few months. I'm excited about Michael J. Fox's book coming out next month. Excited that my birthday is on the way, Christmas, and then New Year's. And 2021 is really going to be whatever we make it. I don't know if we're going to be through with this pandemic. I don't know who's going to be the leader of the free world. I don't know how the tensions in this country are going to feel. But I know that it starts with us as individuals. And if we want a bigger, better, and brighter future, it's dependent on all of us to be kind, love one another, and make this future a good one. I hope you enjoy season seven of Back to the Future, the podcast. I want to thank All my special guests for this kickoff edition of the show. Christopher Lloyd, Jim Belushi, James Roday Rodriguez, Tanner Beard, Michael Smith, Michael Hawley, Dulé Hill. A star-studded entry for episode one of season seven. I want to give a big shout out to David B. for helping me construct our new theme. Hope you liked it. I think it's really cool. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Back to the Future, the podcast, and one I think that you're going to like. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a hell of a ride into 2021. So let's make it a good one. This is Back to the Future, the podcast. I'm your friend in time, Brad Gilmore, and I will see you in the future. To be, to be continued.
1: continued.
2: Oh, Brad, what have you done now? Oh, Brad, what have you done now?